Well, hello there, wonderful teachers. I want to invite you to an event we're doing this summer. It's in Cincinnati, Ohio, so you have to be able to make it there, but it might be worth traveling for if you're able to. It's happening on July 20th and 21st, so that's over a weekend, and it's going to be the best two days for teachers. We're going to have a ton of fun. We're going to learn a lot about pedagogy and creative teaching and business. We have two fabulous guest speakers and we're even going to finish with an optional Kaylee. That's an Irish dancing party. So I hope you'll be able to join me. Just go to vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo that's dot com slash t-u-r-b-o 24 the numbers two four. I hope you'll check it out view all the details there and I hope to see you in Cincinnati in July. On with the episode. Vibrant, vibrant, vibrant music teaching. Proven and practical tips, strategies, and ideas for music teachers. You're listening to episode 43 of the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I'm Nicola Canton, and today we're going to figure out what to do with your studio in the summer. Hey, beautiful teachers. Do you struggle with summer? I know a lot of teachers do struggle with this. They find it difficult to think of a good solution that works for them and keeps their income up during the summer months. And if you're in the part of the world where this isn't a problem, where students just stay put during the summer and they're expected to continue their normal activities, perhaps you only have a short school break, then Great for you. You could skip this episode if summer is not an issue for you. Although you may still want to consider doing something differently in the summer, so you might want to listen in. But for the majority of us, summer is a tricky time of year. Because when we get to summer, most students are off school. Most of us teach young children, right? So the kids are off school, their routines break down for a month or two months, or in the case of Irish high school summers, three months, three full months off every summer. So the routines are broken down. People are traveling, people are doing other things. There's all sorts of different routines going on. And they may not expect music lessons to continue. That's certainly not expected over here. In fact, I'm actually an outlier by continuing until the end of June, believe it or not. Most music teachers in Ireland, from my experience, actually finish up at the end of May, which basically means they follow the high school summer versus the primary school summer, which I follow, which is only two months. I say only, two months is still an enormous break for kids in their school year, right? So some parts of the world will be absolutely shocked that they even get two months, but older kids get three months, and many music teachers will follow that. So they'll finish at the end of May, take June, July, and August off. And that can sound lovely and people you chat to at parties can say, oh my gosh, you get the whole summer off and you groan and internally shake your fist at them because you don't get paid when you don't work. So it can be a major, major frustration that you don't know what to do with. So I want to talk you through some different options for the summer in today's episode so you can sort of pick and choose what fits you in your situation. But first of all, I just want to do a quick reframing with you that is kind of a little bit of tough love, okay? And that's that you have to accept the fact 
that you are not getting paid a salary every month. A lot of these posts I see from frustrated teachers trying to deal with the summer are because basically they're treating their income from teaching as a salary, as if they had a real job, right? I'm only kidding. But as if they had a normal job where they had a boss and they don't have a boss. I'm not talking about teachers who do. Most of you out there are working for yourself. And if you're working for yourself, then you're running a business. You're not getting a salary. And if you consider it to be a salary, you're always going to be frustrated with the summer because your income is never going to be identical. Well, there are some tricks to make it identical. But in general, if that's your philosophy, you're going to run into all sorts of other problems as well. So you have to accept the fact that you are running a business, whether you like it or not, And if you don't like it, if you hate it, then you can maybe work for a bigger music school where you won't have to actually run the business side of things. But if you are running your own studio, however small, it is a business and you have to treat it as such. So you're making money every month from those students, but that's your business making money and you need to consider paying yourself from that rather than that being your pay because it isn't. Okay, so that's just a quick reframing exercise for you. If you don't think about it that way, you need to consider it that way because otherwise the fluctuation during the summer months, if it happens especially badly in your area, this depends largely on the culture and the community you live in. But if it does happen badly where you are and you continue seeing your income as being your salary, then you're going to be eternally frustrated and I don't want that for you. So you need to consider the whole picture, and we'll come back to this at the end, but I just wanted to set it up at the start. You need to consider the whole picture as you look at your summer months. And there's a challenge I'm running here on the podcast and on the blog at the end of August, which if you don't treat your business as a business, and if you struggle with this side of things, is going to be super helpful for you. I ran it in a different format last year, and it's coming back again this year due to popular demand. It's the Studio Business Cleanse, and I'm going to do it here on the podcast in August. So stay tuned for that. I know it's a little while away, but it's something to look forward to if you feel like you're going to need a reset with your business in August to get ready for the brand new year coming up in September or end of August, depending on where you are. Okay, so that's enough of the business mindset. I'll get on to the suggestions. I have a few different ideas for you that are the common options that teachers use in the summer. Now, I will say before I start this that every community is different. So I'm here to show you what the options are and what you might like to consider. I'm not here to say you can choose from all of these because you can't. It depends where you are. I certainly can't choose from all of these. Some of them will not work and some of them won't work where you are and some will. So you have to find what fits with your community and the culture around you. The first option and the most obvious and often the one teachers kind of wish was reality and maybe isn't, is to just continue your regular lessons. Some teachers want that. They just want the stability. They just want it to continue as normal during the summer. And in some areas, this works. In some areas, this is the norm and the exception are the parents who don't want to do that. And in that case, you can just make it your policies or you can make special allowances for parents who do go away during the summer. But if most don't, and if most stay in the same routine and there's not a problem, then don't make one. 
if you don't want to. You don't have to do something differently during the summer. You can just run regularly scheduled lessons if it fits with the culture in your area. But I will say that this is one of the ones that would not fly here. There is no way in the area I live in, in Dublin, in Ireland, if you're not aware, but in the area I live in and anywhere I can think of, in Dublin at least, or in Ireland in general, parents would not accept this. I can imagine my mum, when I was a kid, you know, if my teacher had tried to insist that we continued lessons during the summer, she would have just quit. And my mum is not particularly uppity, right? But she would have just quit because that's not the done thing. It would seem like an imposition basically on the summer because it's different here. We travel, everyone travels at least somewhere, right? Even if it's somewhere else in Ireland to see family or most people take a holiday abroad. So at least a few weeks they're going to be gone. You'll need to allow for that. But then there's all sorts of other things going on. Kids will be traveling to see family. Um, Kids will be doing camps that finish at different times to their regular school. They might be staying away at camps, going to Gaeltox, which is the all Irish speaking areas to improve their Irish or going to French camps or doing grinds or going abroad to improve their Spanish skills for a whole month. Could be anything. But basically, they will just not do regular lessons, at least from my experience. So that wouldn't work here. And if the situation I'm describing is the same where you are, don't try to force it. That's my honest opinion is don't try to insist on regular lessons where nobody wants it. You have to serve your community. You get to decide how your business runs and you set the rules, but it has to serve your clients. Otherwise, it's not viable. It's not going to work. So if you're just pushing against the grain and it feels like you're constantly swimming upstream, with trying to set up regular lessons during the summer, don't do it, okay? But if it is an option for you and you've just been considering something different because you should, then sit back and say, what would I prefer? If you would prefer standard lessons, do that. Don't feel under any pressure to do something different or special or amazing. The next option suits a lot of different areas and that's ad hoc lessons or lessons that students arrange themselves. There are different ways to handle this. Um, I suggest if they're going to be scheduled differently every week that you, well, I strongly suggest that you don't schedule them yourself. It's so easy these days to just set up an online scheduling tool and have parents log in and schedule them themselves. No matter what way you're going to run them business-wise, I recommend that you set up that online scheduling system so you can use my music staff, I believe, for this. I use my music staff and I really recommend it. I haven't used it for online for summer lessons simply because I already had this set up in Calendly and I use Calendly for other things, so I already need my Calendly. So yeah, I'm not going to transfer that over because it's just a waste of time to do that. Calendly is another system that works great. I think you can do it in MMS in my music staff. And there's also another one that's popular called You Can Book Me. Anything where parents can log in and without your input, schedule things and set it up the way you want it. So if you know that you're not going to have a ton of lessons every week, that it is going to be less frequent for every family or less families opting for it, then only open up one day or two days. Choose it. That's what I do. 
I send out a link to my parents and say, listen, if you want any lessons during the summer, here's my Calendly page, just book a time and that's fine, I'll be here. But I only open up Tuesday and Wednesday. That's it. And during the year, I teach Monday to Saturday, okay? So I'm cutting six days down to two. And if those don't suit them, sure, they can get in touch with me if they really want a lesson. But, you know, chances are they'll just do something else instead. And that's fine with me. Having only two days open means that you can use the rest of your time. And it means that you won't end up feeling resentful over that one lesson scheduled on a Saturday that you could have been going to the beach, right? So don't put yourself in a situation where you're going to be annoyed at that one lesson because there will likely be less. And how many there are will depend, again, on the community you're in and what they like to do during the summer. But uh, just open up the days that you want to leave open and make sure you limit it. And you can open up another one if they get full, right? It's, you're not stuck to that forever and ever. But it makes it simpler and it means that you're more likely to have multiple lessons on one day, back to back or close together, rather than having them spread throughout different weeks and not allowing you to get any time to go somewhere, do something or just, you know, not get dressed that day if that's what you want to do. In terms of the business setup for ad hoc lessons, there's again a few ways to handle that. Um, you can have your students buy blocks of lessons that they can use throughout the summer. If you really want to encourage this option as a way to keep lesson amounts fairly steady, but just give families the flexible scheduling that they need, then I recommend doing blocks of lessons so that they actually commit to 10 lessons or 8 lessons or whatever is appropriate, but that they can book them at their ease and they can book more than one in a week if they need to, but they actually book them in blocks. You can also just do pay at the lesson only for the summer. Um, that's actually what I do because I have very minimal lessons during the summer. It's really just for those students who need that check-in during the summer and their parents know that, or adult students who know they'll want a lesson or two. That's the only reason I'm opening them up for I'm doing other things basically during the summer, which I'll get to a bit later. But if you want to have more lessons and more steadiness, do blocks of lessons. If you want it to be really flexible and you just want to encourage the possibility of some lessons and not rely on that income, then you can do pay at the lesson or invoice them in advance for certain scheduled lessons, that kind of thing. Another option for your summer is, of course, to break away completely from standard lessons and do camps. And I would really recommend giving this some thought. Even if camps are not really the norm where you are, camps are very normal here, day camps for other industries, but not so much for small music schools. They would be big music schools would tend to do them, art camps and all this sort of thing, sports camps. But we don't have as much of a culture, I think, as maybe in the US of having small at your local music studio, at your teacher's home kind of camps. But there's no reason why you can't do it. So consider incorporating camps if you really want to find a way to keep your income up during the summer and have it maybe the same as during the year, maybe even make more during the summer. But you know that normal lessons will not fly. and Maybe you'd also like some time off yourself, and camps can be a great way to do that. They will obviously take a lot more planning 
and then it's a very intense week or two weeks or however many you run them for, but then you're done. So it's a more condensed way of making your income during the summer, and then you have the rest of the time off, hopefully, or with the odd lesson here or there, whatever way you want to run it. So camps can be a great way to explore different things during the summer. You can do it with just your regular students and perhaps pick a particular theme such as blues or rock or pop or something enticing. Don't make it just a music camp, okay? Pick out something that is going to be exciting for students and parents and they're going to be really enthusiastic to sign up for because you need them, you have to sell them all over again on this, right? You can also do camps that are open to other people. Just keep in mind that you are going to have to do more marketing if it's to what we call a cold audience, meaning they're not already your customers. They're not already your students. So you are going to have to do more marketing. But if you really want to make camps your thing, it could be a fantastic avenue for you to explore doing maybe intro to piano camps or camps to get ready for a particular thing that comes up during the year. I can't say what that would be for you, but maybe it's a blast through, I don't know, we have junior cert music or leaving cert music school exams. Maybe it's a blast through that. Maybe you go the completely academic route, or maybe you do um, introduction to jazz ensemble, or maybe you do a preschool music camp. But pick an angle, no matter what you're going to do, and choose whether it's going to be your students, which is probably lower investment for you but also probably lower income or if you're going to open it up to more students from outside and whether it's going to be beginners and whatever pick your theme you could do a couple of different ones during the summer if you really want to make this your thing right so those are your four basic standard options for a music studio summer you've got your regular lessons ad hoc lessons camps and workshop. Those are the basics. And you can very much pick and mix between those to make a summer that suits you and fits with what you want to do in your studio, in your business. You can also use the summer to explore a completely different avenue. And I think it's one of the fun things about our profession, actually. You will bear with me while I take my sunny approach to everything. I think that it's wonderful that I have these two months during the summer that I can do other things. I do see that as having freedom. Yes, it means I don't make money and it can make us internally shake that fist at people who make that comment. But it's also a great opportunity. We have this built-in possibility for flexibility in the summer every summer. If you have kids, that means you can actually see them in the summer if you structure it right. If you're like me and you are addicted to traveling, it means you can travel for extended periods. You're not stuck with short little income, short little standard holidays that you would get in an office job, you know? Four weeks a year felt pretty restrictive to me when I worked in an office. I love having two months and then other weeks during the year. Yes, my job is intense when it's on, but then I get to do what I want for the rest of the time. So try to see it as an opportunity. And if you want to explore another avenue, if you've been excited about the idea of maybe creating your own teaching resources and selling them on Teachers Pay Teachers or a site like that, or doing a completely different industry, maybe you are interested in getting into working as a virtual assistant so that you can 
have some money coming in during the day rather than all evening hours and you want to cut back your teaching, well, the summer is a great time to explore that avenue and and start things up and get things running and get systems in place. Or maybe you use the summer to work at a camp, not a music one, but like a stay away camp where you work as a teacher there or anything else that you want to explore. There are actually quite a few jobs that only open up during the summer anyway. So that could be a great thing to do. Maybe you take this opportunity to audition for a theater musical you want to be in or acting or anything else that you could do during the summer. So try to see it as an opportunity. And the only way you can do that, see it as an opportunity, you will be blocked from doing that if you haven't reframed your mindset. Going back to the start of the episode, if you still think of your money as a salary each month and you spend it as such, you are going to be stuck. You can't see it any other way. And I understand that. You're cursing me right now going, it's not an opportunity. How dare you say that? It's so painful because I can't make money and it's such a struggle. Okay, if you've decided you can't make money, maybe you don't like any of these options, maybe they don't work in your area, then you need to rejig how you see your money during the year because otherwise it's always going to be painful to go through those summer months. So if you want to just take the time off or if you have to just take the time off during the summer, then you'll need to Either come up with a system where you set aside money all year, treat your business even more as a business, set up a separate bank account that's the business money and only pay yourself out of that as an actual salary if you need that kind of structure. And if you can't see yourself doing that, if you're thinking, I don't make enough money, I need all of the money each month that I make for my teaching, then please, please consider raising your rates. Because if you need to work yourself to the bone all year and you still don't have anything left in the summer and you can't possibly take any time off ever, then your business is just going to burn you out. It's not good enough. You need to raise your rates. You need to come up with a new way to structure things. If there's no way to raise your rates and you're convinced you're absolutely at the max for your market and you can't teach more students doing the format you have now, then maybe you consider some kind of group lessons overlapping lessons, buddy lessons like I do, or adding other income streams during the year. Because you don't want to be in a position where you can't take any holidays. You wouldn't take on a job contract where there were literally no days off. So don't do that to yourself. Find a way to make it work. And if makeup lessons are the thing that are holding you back from having freedom during the year, if they're taking over your entire time and causing you to be less profitable because they are if you're doing loads of them then go back to episode 19 and just consider resetting your mindset around makeup lessons and how you could remove them from your studio so that'll be at vibrantmusicteaching.com slash 1919 I hope that this episode hasn't been too much of tough love but that it's given you some ideas for what to do during the summer and a new way to think about your summer income and how you run your studio in general. As I mentioned, if you feel like this business stuff is just going over your head and you don't understand how you can see it this way or you find it intimidating, the fact that you have to run a business, but you know that you do, then stick around until 
August when we're going to be doing the studio business cleanse again. And if you're a VMT member and you have questions about these summer income ideas and other stuff that I mentioned today, then you can come along to the Q&A calls this week. They're on this week. You'll find the details at vibrantmusicteaching.com calendar. And if you're listening to this after the fact, you can still find the details on that same page for the next upcoming Q&A call. There's two every month at two different time zones. So come along to one of those to get your questions answered. And of course, if you're not a member and you fancy the idea of being able to get a listening ear and get your questions answered face to face, as it were, online, then you can sign up at vmt.ninja and come along to our question and answer call this week. That's it for this week, guys. I hope you've enjoyed these summer suggestions and I'll see you next week. Bye for now. If you're looking for creative ideas for your summer lessons, then the Vibrant Music Teaching Library is a great place to get them. You can sign up and get instant access to hundreds of resources by going to vmt.ninja today. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I hope you loved it and I wanted to pop on here one more time to remind you about our event. It's happening in Cincinnati this July and you can get all the details at vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo. See you there.